0: Welcome to Six Figure Coaches with Luke Charlton, where every week we interview a successful coach and break down their business. We take you behind the scenes in their marketing, advertising, and sales campaigns. We show you what's working. We show you their frameworks, their proven strategies, so you can implement them in your business to grow. Now let's bring on this week's guest. Here is your host, Luke Charlton. Hey, this is Luke Charlton here and welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Coaches Show. Very excited to have you here. Oh, the desk is shaking a little bit here. (laughs) Very excited to have you back for another episode. And I'm really excited for today's interview because today we have a former client that I've had the opportunity to work with um, a lot over the years. Uh, and um, uh, this client works in the mortgage space. Actually, he's scaling out to other industries, which I'm really excited to um, dive into that part of his story. But I have a lot of history with this particular client. Um, we've ridden motorbikes together, and um, yeah, it's, he, uh, and he's, he's got a wealth of knowledge when it comes to growing a successful coaching business. So I'll bring our guest on and just... One moment. Before we do, remember these episodes premiere inside the Hermit Hole. So if you go to thehermithole.com, that's just my private Facebook coaching community. Every week, uh, Tuesday, and um, you get to see them there first before they go live on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Okay, so come over to thehermithole.com and uh, get access to these episodes. These well, they're really trainings, right, to help you grow your coaching business. Of me interviewing very, very successful coaches, the top 1%, okay? So with that being said, without further ado, 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 without further ado, uh, I'd like to welcome today's guest, Mark Blundell. Now, Mark, Mark welcome to the Six Figure Coaches Show. Um, you know, your journey, I'd love to just give some context for the coaches listening in, meeting you for the first time. Because when we worked together, um, you actually came we met through one of my webinars, right? And then we had a conversation after this was like, what was it like five, six years ago now? Six, it was a long time ago. You watch one of my webinars, we had a conversation after, then you became a client. And then we started working together on, with your clients who are mortgage, you're are heavily in the mortgage broker space, helping mortgage brokers grow their business. And I think you're one of the number one, one of the very top mortgage, coaches um, uh, for mortgage brokers in Australia. However, you've kind of, i think based on our conversation i mean you can give some context you may have even moved past the mortgage brokers and you're kind of going into more of a broader finance market so and for the coaches watching can you just give a background as to a bit of, bit of your story as to how you got to where you are right now
1: yeah hey thank you for um having me on luke and and i don't mean that in a literal sense and um, a metaphoric sense of course um it's, it's been uh, it's been an amazing journey to put this into context. So, um, uh, I grew up in the mortgage and finance arena since I was like nineteen or twenty. Um, I was successful in the in the finance insurance industry at a young age, and at a young age, I, as a result of the success, I was once flown out of Australia to san francisco to to talk to a bunch of people who were twice my age most could be my dad uh, about selling life insurance and and uh, was talking to them in in san francisco and that gave me just an insight into um the attribute about what i do which uh, that i love and that is giving to people an advantage that you know uh that you can so that they can be successful. You know, the opportunity, and I think this is lost on a lot of coaches, the opportunity to make a valuable contribution to somebody's life to help them to achieve is often overlooked, you know, um, and it's such a privilege to thing to do. So it's a privilege to get to stand in front of a group of people at, you know, probably 24 years of age, 23, whatever I was, and another the other side of the world, And that gave me the insight into wanting to coach. Now, uh, I I kept up my work in the mortgage and finance arena for a while, but then started to think about doing my own live coaching sessions within larger organisations. So I was fortunately um, uh, engaged by some of the biggest banks in the country, some of the biggest mortgage outlets and brand labels in Australia, to speak to their sales teams about the art of engaging with a customer. And I suppose my bent has always been the psycho- the psychology into why anyone says yes to anything. And of course, that's what we all want to do if we're selling our coaching services. How right. can I put this across in a way where it's meaningful to somebody and it becomes basically a no-brainer for them to accept mm. the offer? And so... After, you know, many years of working for some of the the larger financial organisations in Australia, I got referred into New Zealand uh, and uh, eventually into Canada and eventually into America to speak live at different events. And then, of course, probably six years ago, I think, Luke, uh, I was riding a motorbike, you spoke, speak of motorbikes, Mm -hmm. I was riding a motorbike for a thousand kilometres with my wife on the back of the motorbike, listening to your webinar in my helmet, uh, listening to this whole concept of selling coaching services online. And I literally had to stop and get off the bike. I just thought, what a revelation, because as you can see from my age, we didn't grow up with Facebook in my day. And so I knew very little about it. And so getting that insight that you gave in that webinar is a day that I will never, ever forget. And I remember eventually getting to melbourne my destination and i couldn't wait to get off the bike to reach out to you to have a conversation to see how you could help me take what i was doing face to face and get it online to serve more people
0: wow i didn't know that
1: that's how i get here
0: oh wow and so yeah so when we started working together you wanted to continue working with mortgage brokers just on in an online capacity And that was with mortgage sales mastery was the name. And now, um, now you're you're still working with mortgage brokers. Is that correct? Yeah. But also, is it broadening out to other markets as well?
1: Yeah. So, so we also. So I have two businesses in actual fact. Yep. Uh, I have mortgage sales mastery that that creates. Uh, sales outcomes let's call it that for people in the mortgage industry it also does so for people in the real estate industry and accounting industry and essentially I my coaching and training that attribute teaches people how do you explore within a conversation um, and discover a pain point that's, yep. that, that is something that you can solve. So that's what Mortgage Sales Mastery does in that realm. Two, two or three years ago, uh, I set up a company called The Over 50s Consultant because mm-hmm. I saw an opportunity for people, a bit older than me, obviously, over 50, who you know, were facing redundancies but really still in the prime of their working life. And I thought, I'm so grateful for the opportunity I received via you initially. Mm. I wonder if I can teach people how to monetize their skills online and overcome the burden of, you know, too old to hire, yet too young to retire. So So I have those two businesses as such.
0: Okay, very nice. And how, how so we haven't had a chat in a while in terms of that side of your business, that newer side. How is that going? Like what's the what's the sales and marketing process? We'll talk about the sales and marketing process for both. So let's start with the over-50s. How do you attract clients on that side of the aisle? So
1: I have a partner, for those of you in Australia may know, that brand name Simon Reynolds, who in the 80s and 90s uh, created the iconic AIDS uh, Grim Reaper commercial. So he's my colleague in this venture. And what we do is we run ads on social media. We do video ads on social media where we speak to a problem that is encountered by people of our age. And Mm. what we try to do is ignite their imagination about what destination they could have rather than what they're looking at right now. Mm. And we invite them to a live I don't know, 90-minute uh, sales webinar or, or mm. a webinar that will look at how someone of that age can make an extraordinary income by monetizing their skills. And so it's an interesting group of, or cohort of people, Luke, because we have university professors, authors, like just yeah, some wow. extraordinary people. And because they don't have the skill of understanding how to market online they're very much unfortunately come up against this desire to continue to grow in their career. But, of mm. course, there's the newer, younger model in behind them that seems to get more of their the attention relative yeah. to their subject. So that's how that one works.
0: Okay. And do you – so you use a webinar to attract and you're selling a course on the webinar or do you get, go to a phone call at the end of that webinar? No. Okay, so we sell a course to a webinar yep.
1: that's yep. a 1497 offer US. Yep. And that that course goes for about six to eight weeks. Now there's a focal point in that particular course by design, and that is we teach people how to make money in their third week. So we yeah. we, we tell them that. That We will show them how to start making money in their third week. And, of course, the believability scales, the first for more scales from there.
0: Yeah, wow. So we
1: take them through that. And then we have a second uh, tier course, which they then buy into, which is 5500 that teaches them the skills of scaling.
0: Okay, interesting. So what, <laughs> that begs the question, right? Actually, there's two lessons there. I'm going to ask what do you actually teach, but... For those coaches listening, getting someone a quick result in your program doesn't have to be business. It could be a weight loss result, it could be you know whatever it is. Getting some dates or whatever is a very smart way to um, enhance your offer, right? If you can go when you go to pitch your offer, whether it's in a webinar or a sales call, and you say, "Hey, yeah, within the first three to four weeks, you will have this result." Again, very even though the program's eight weeks or whatever it is, um, very very powerful way to get people to take action now um so i just wanted to point that out number two how do you actually do that i'm curious okay so
1: we're doing a a a couple of things which you might find interesting Mm -hmm. so what we look at is we go okay in real terms anyone can jump on the internet go to google youtube or whatever else and get the information we're going to give them anyway so we look at that we go if this information is available through albeit a bit of searching why isn't it that people are doing it already? So in other words, we look at a prospect for our course and go, so what are the reasons they're not doing this themselves already? And mm. ultimately, it's you know lack of time, lack of confidence, or lack of know-how. And so we look at that and we go, okay, or maybe they've tried before and, and not achieved the results. So we look yeah. at those outcomes, first of all, and we go, okay, if we can raise the believability in what it is that we're offering in somebody's mind in a short period of time, it will increase their stickability to get to the end of the process. Mm. It'll, it will escalate mm. their belief level. Now, for mm. people who are over 50, one of the things that's very apparent is uh, a lot of people who get to that age, maybe they have been made redundant, often lose their confidence in themselves. They could have been, you know, one of the best during their heyday, but once you get a few grey hairs in your head and someone says they don't want to employ you anymore, the apparent um, uh, loss of confidence is so common for that Mm. age group. Mm. So we thought, okay, we've got to reverse that first. We have to get somebody to get some sort of a win. So we do two things. In our live Zoom, What we actually do is this. So let's just say, uh, Luke, you were a, I don't know, someone who teaches people how to draw, hypothetically. And so you might be on our our live Zoom, and we might have two, three, 400 people on the Zoom. And probably a third of the way in we'll go, all right, everybody, what I want you to do is grab your cell phone, and we put a script up on the screen. We say, SMS this to two of your best friends right now and so the script says something like this i'm thinking of creating a short uh, four to six week online course teaching people how to draw by the end of the course they will be able to do da, 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 da. do you think this is a good idea right and so within the within the zoom they will be getting yeses already right instant yeah. win number one if you can't touch, trust your best friend's advice Whose advice can you talk, you know, can you take? Obstacle one, overcome. Then we say, as we showed you, we're going to show you how to now take that idea and get it online. And in the course, we give them a small script that's not dissimilar to the one I've just explained, Mm. where they post that on their Facebook page, Instagram page, LinkedIn page, blah, 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 that essentially follows that same thing hey, I'm thinking of creating a six-week online course that helps people to overcome problem uh, and helps them to describing the destination. After six weeks, they should expect to da-da-da. If this is something you would like to achieve for yourself, just type yes in the comments.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I did the same thing at the end of my second module after they've crafted an offer. I just showed them how to take that and put it on Facebook.
1: That's it. Yeah. so then we teach them about okay the first step to being a coach or consultant selling an online course is getting somebody to get money out of their pocket to pay you mm. 100
0: 200
1: 300 500 even if you've got grand ideas of wanting to sell your program for 2 grand 5 grand 10 whatever it is and it might be yeah. worth that give yourself some validation that you have an idea that people are prepared to spend money on and so we teach them to do that. We teach them to make five sales at a minimum of uh, $500 each. And what that gives them then is $1,000 in front of what they've already spent. So they've already got their money back for our course. Their believability is high. Uh, they're now dreaming again about what they can achieve. Uh, they've made more money than what they've spent. Now we can get them to focus on... You know, sticking in, doing some of the hard yards yeah. that they need to do to become successful. So that's, that's the model. Great.
0: You know, yeah, and that's great. And so, do they just promote just their friends and family initially? Do they? So, we teach them how to do that initially. Then, we teach them to
1: get referrals from the first five or six participants. How do you do that? Program. So, once again, Most people ask for referrals at the end of a program or at the completion of a transaction. You know, Luke, if you're happy with my service, can you think of anyone else, you know? So we teach them a different way. Two weeks in, right? Anyone, two weeks into a program, two weeks into a coaching session, coaching or consulting agreement. We know that this person is at their peak. It's the best time to ask them then, even though you haven't completed what you're doing, it's the best time to ask them for a referral right there. Mm. And so instead of going, do you know anyone else who'd like my program? It might be, hey, you know, there's a saying, so we give them this script where we would say, there's a saying that goes, birds of a feather flock together. Now you're obviously keen to lose weight, and most people who are trying and struggling to lose weight know other people who are trying and struggling to lose weight. Is there anyone else that you know of who is trying to s- struggle and lose weight that perhaps you can introduce me to via email? And after that, I'll take over. And mm-hmm. so we encourage, so if that was you, Luke, you might be going, hey, Mary on your email hey mary i'd like to introduce you to mark blundell mark has been helping me to you know lose weight and uh, so far into it's been really good mark over to you and then i will take up the conversation with mary now the important part about doing it that way is i don't put any onus on my client who's referring me to sell my program because they can't right and i think the whole process of referral marketing gets lost because we, Mm. you know, go to a client and we expect them to be as good as us to pitch our program to somebody else. And, you know, most people can't do that. And so that's the referral bit.
0: Okay, awesome, awesome. And so, okay, so that's the over 50s side and we're talking about the 1500 and the 5k offer what does it look like on the, the mortgage broker side? Because you've got more of an agency on that side now, don't you? Do you still do coaching on that side as well? Can you just lay out kind of like the structure of your business in terms of the different offers, like the business model? Okay, yeah, it certainly can. So, so we
1: can help mortgage brokers at the highest end of the market <clears throat> around the world. So yeah. we started out teaching the lower end of the market how do you build an email list how do you do this but we identified or I identified something here I thought we can either offer a service that solves problems for people or we can offer a service that helps them exploit opportunities Mm. and in doing that we attract a different client right so I look at it and I go, do you know what? I don't want to sit around talking to somebody about trying to solve their problem because there's a glass ceiling in there and there's only a small number that will come to this ascendancy point where I can offer them a second course or be of some greater value. Why don't I offer a service, which do you know what is the funny thing? It's exactly the same service. (laughs) But why don't I pitch this From the perspective of exploiting an opportunity, all right? So if we look at two mortgage brokers, one struggling to find clients and the other's looking to scale from a million to two million, Mm. hypothetically, right? How do they do it? Well, both need to do transactions with mortgages at the end of the day to achieve their objectives, right? But their outlooks are different. And so we will go to this guy. Over here for for a number of reasons. One is already making, or she's already making enough money to be able to afford the offer. Number two is what we might charge for three grand down here to this person, we could probably sell for 30, 40, or 50,000 to this guy, this person. They've got more money to scale, invest in ads, and all of that. And so the bang for buck is far greater. Yeah, yeah. we've shifted our attention and that's the market that we are selling the same product that that's the market that we pitched
0: interesting to. Yeah. and
1: to those people then what we do is we offer two versions we say one we can build the zoom call idea that i talked about in um in um uh, about the over 50s where they will pay us <clears throat> to create their ads their videos they'll run a live Zoom, we'll help them with the whole presentation, we'll help them with their slides, we'll help them make sales and they will either sell one of two things, appointments in their calendar or an online financial education course. But here's the thing, none of them sell mortgages. So we've shifted them Mm. and said, you need to sell, not to people who need a mortgage, people who want to exploit an opportunity make that opportunity how do i use the equity that i've accumulated in my home to buy an investment property and how can i leverage off that to create a portfolio and so their live trainings that they do their live zooms once again focus on pitching to
0: opportunists yeah and And that's what we've done when we ran ads remember our most successful ads for the mortgage brokers that we ran were ones around. It wasn't like, "Hey, do you want to get? Do you want to do a refinance?" They did poorly, but the ones that were like, "Hey, do you want to remodel your home? Right? Or do you want to redo your kitchen?" They always did better. And it's like, oh, "Well, yeah, of course, how to do that? Oh, you do a refinance, and <laughs> here's, here's the money. yeah,
1: yeah." And yeah. so, it's so much easier to influence somebody looking for an opportunity than it is for someone who's seeking to solve a problem. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> We talk about influence, and again, we've thought about this, and I really feel that these are the anchor points of the ongoing success that we're grateful to achieve, and that's this. We've stopped trying to convince people that our product is a great product and why it's good for them, and we've shifted to... How do we persuade someone that this is in their best interest to do that? And Mm -hmm. while we can't issue guarantees, what we can guarantee and what we do guarantee everybody is of all the options they've got, I guarantee you this one is going to give you the best chance of exploiting that opportunity that you're looking for. So our whole ethos and outlook has completely changed and the enjoyment of the day-to-day business has changed dramatically as a
0: result. Yeah, you're working with a higher level of client on that side. Now, I remember who we were working with before, they were really beginners into the online space, those mortgage brokers, which can be a, um, anyone that's kind of new to a subject is, it takes a lot more energy to get them results and they give up easier, right? Cause they're, it's like, you know, they're not as invested right because they're only just starting so there are a lot of benefits to working with their high level of clients someone that's a bit more experienced has a bit more money definitely i love that so I had so when you say you do these zooms you set up the zooms is that just like a you mean like a webinar or something basically? live mm-hmm.
1: webinar yeah a live and, webinar
0: hmm. okay and how do you get clients is it just through referrals on that side or do you do a live webinars to get clients as well on that side so
1: all of that work comes by referral Okay. So yeah. I exactly what I just discussed about referrals a few minutes back. I do myself. Yep. So I will work with someone two weeks in. What happens is they go from being stale in their outlook mm. to all of a sudden seeing a brand new world. Yeah. And it's at that tipping point moment that the magic really happens in the customer's mind. <clears throat> all of all of a sudden. Concepts, thoughts, outcomes that they never did that dared to think about Hmm. all of a sudden take on a new level of reality because now there's the conduit of accomplishment that's come forward that they had never been shown or thought about before, and so that puts them on a high. What a great time to say, Hey, do you know anyone else who uh, who wants this, who's having that, who wants to achieve this? Can you put me in contact? So, so and most high achievers, are no other high achievers. You know, it's, it doesn't matter what field you're in, whether you're talking to an Olympian or yeah. you know, <clears throat> the guy who's really good at playing marbles in the playground, they all associate with like-minded people. Yeah. And I think as a coach, so many people miss out on that opportunity and, uh, because they don't appreciate birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. It's been around for such a long time. It must have merit, right?
0: Yeah, that's sort of like the value of, (laughs) I think there's there's networking and then there's a network. So networking is when you go to those like, those, um, you know, down the local road and everyone who's desperate for clients. And I did it when I was in London for like five nights per week for almost 12 months. And everyone who went there, they're not high level players, right? They're looking for clients as well. That's not a network of, you know, um, like the value of a network of getting in and act, like a real network where then you're referred to, like I've had so many Facebook ad referrals from just like seven figure coaches that know other seven figure coaches that once word gets around when you do really good work for one of them, like it it will spread because it's so hard to find good quality businesses that deliver like, uh, you know, that are, are real experts, number one. And particularly with agencies, right? There are a lot of like great marketers that run agencies, but because they're not running, um, they're great marketers, but they don't know how to actually run a team or a business. And so the, the level of service really drops off once they go to build a team. And so to find like a, a, even just a really good quality agency is a very, very hard thing to do. So um, that's why, yeah, when, when you start getting good results for clients and, you, and you're in that type of high quality network, you can get a lot of other high-quality clients coming through as well.
1: Yeah, Yeah. look, look, that leads on to this thought. And I think for those who who might be listening in and, and, and thinking about how they can grow their consulting or their coaching business, I think often too much emphasis in the sale, in the marketing, in the growth is made of the program. This is something I've learned. I've thought to myself, you know, I had a mate, this is a good story, I had a mate of mine who unfortunately was turning right at an intersection and didn't see an oncoming motorcyclist uh, come the other way and unfortunately bumped him off the bike, didn't kill the guy, but he broke a few bones. And so obviously that incident ends up in court. Now, my my friend had never met with a lawyer before and, and I said, you know, where did you get this lawyer who's going to represent you? And he said, oh, friend of a friend blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing. John, my mate, he had no idea whether this guy was good or bad until mm-hmm. we got to the courtroom, right? Yeah. That's where you find out. Much is the same with an online course. We can all tell people or our coaching it's this, that, and the other. And I think if we shift from that and shift to focusing on the value of proximity to us and make people understand that it's that proximity, it's like, Luke, I bought proximity to you when, you know, you and Mm. I engaged. I didn't buy your courts. I bought proximity. And I think when we can focus on selling the value of proximity in our coaching or consulting offers, mm. it becomes easier to sell because yeah. you ask your customer, well, why aren't you doing this now? And they're going to say, because of this, 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 and this, doesn't matter what it is. And mm. you're going to go, well, what are your chances of being successful? Having somebody to work with every week. Again, proximity. Yeah. and." Yeah, so there's networking and networking, but networking with the goal of proximity and the value and attributes of that, I think, is imperative.
0: Yeah, I love it. Now, let me ask, um, what do you think are some of the mistakes that coaches make when trying to either market or sell their program?
1: Okay, so there are two perspectives when you're marketing.
0: There's Mm. your perspective
1: and then there's your customer's perspective, right? And I tell the people I work with, I go, right, so let's grab your perspective. And what I want you to do is go out to your backyard, grab a shovel, dig the biggest hole you can over an hour and put your perspective in there because your customer does not want to know what the world looks like through your eyes. Yeah. So that leaves you with one perspective. So that's the first thing. A coach getting in his or her own road, telling the customer what's good for them, right? Yeah. So don't do that.
0: Yeah. The second yeah. thing is
1: yeah. that's that's mistake one, and so you may well be right. You may say, "Hey, this course of action is going to really help you, help you." But I always think, do you know what? In a, if you're talking to a medical practitioner, for instance, a doctor, prescription without diagnosis is dangerous, right? Yeah. So. I always think one of the biggest mistakes they make is don't ask, not asking enough questions. How is yep. it that the person got here? Why is it that the person hasn't solved that problem already? How come? How does that make them feel? Mm. What is their prognosis for the future, heading on the trajectory that they are? Um, yeah. What do they think will change it? Why do they want the end outcome so... Do you see all of these questions have nothing to do with me? Mm -hmm. It's all about that person. And so to answer your question in short form, take your practitioner's hat off as a consultant and a coach Mm -hmm. when you're talking to a client or a prospective client and invest in them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So one of the things, it's what's that that phrase? It's kind of... um, where it's like the curse of knowledge, right? So that's us coaches. We are so deep in, I say this all the time, we're so deep in our own product and our own subject that we we know the problems our clients have, right? We know the real problem. Um, and so we start talking to them in that language and it just goes, you know, they're not an expert, right? So it just goes over their head. And, and we're like, well, why aren't they responding to my ad or my emails? Like it's, this is the problem and I'm telling it. And they're not making the connection with, well, um, the reason why I'm over, like, they're just thinking like, I'm overweight, right? I'm overweight. I feel really awkward going to um, dinners with family. Um, I just go-go from different diet to different diet. And you're, and you're telling them like, well, the reason why is this particular hormone or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're leading with that. And as I said, it goes over their head. And so what we have to do, as you said, Mark, is to speak the language that's going speak to the language that's going on in your prospects mind. And the only way to do that is, as as you just said, get out of your own way. Don't ignore your perspective, find out what their perspective is in their exact words. Right. And the best way to do that is ask questions. I think sales calls are the like a really great way to do research. Like I'm always learning about my market, just from doing the, you know, the discovery process of a sales call, right. Cause you ask them like, what's your goal? What are you struggling with? Why do you, you think you haven't solved that problem yet? What's going to happen if you don't solve all those questions and you, and you learn a lot about their fears, their frustrations, their desires. And then you just reflect that back to them in your, in your marketing message. So I, I agree with you that um, we have to stop speaking to here. It is speaking to what we know that they need, right. And speak to what they want. So sell them what they want and give them what they need. So you and I are not telling coaches to change their coaching. This is a marketing lesson, right? Sell them what they want and give them what they need. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, without a doubt. There are four basic elements in every first phone call Mm. that you need to focus on. One is being able to clarify in very succinct language the outcome they want. You know, you talk about the weight loss scenario. I recently, the last four weeks, came back. I did a presentation, the first one post-COVID live, face-to-face in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And, of course, like many people... I've been sitting in this chair probably longer than I should through the course of COVID and uh, they've put on a few kilos or a few pounds in weight. And so I've dressed up before giving my presentation and I've looked at myself and I go, I know my message is good, but there's some, it doesn't sync up. I've got this, I've got this, I don't look that healthy. Mm. I want the two to sync up. Right. So. Everyone could talk to me about losing weight, have shakes, do this, do that. One person said to me, when's one time that your excess weight has made you feel awkward? And I said, when I was presenting in front of 300 people in Arizona, and they said to me, what if the next presentation, you didn't have to feel that? Now, I'm in. That's all I have to do about if it's weight loss, for instance. It's seeing it through the customer's eyes. And asking that right question, not talking about what do you eat in the morning, do you exercise, uh, blah, it's all irrelevant to me at that point. You've got to get to why I want the end outcome so much. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that goal, number one. Number two is whatever you offer has to sound realistic. Like Mm. you like to be a millionaire in the next week isn't realistic. Number three is how quickly can you make it happen? And number four is, you know, what level of commitment does this person have to put in to get the outcome? Now, if you can amplify what they want and give them lots of testimonials and social proof as to why that's achievable and describe it in terms that brings it forward. Remember I talked about that early payoff and minimise the amount of work somebody has to do to get Hmm. there, then... Then a sale just takes place. There yeah. is no sale.
0: Can you guys that those so that four elements that's is that, that's it's almost like the four elements of like putting together a great offer, right? So, can you just quickly go back over those four elements, sure. those elements?
1: Okay, the first thing is to be able to succinctly clarify the ideal outcome your customer wants. And so, if we go back to my analogy of speaking in Arizona, what do I want? I don't want to lose weight. Do you want to look good so that the quality of your message and the perception of your health marries up at your next presentation? Yeah. So that's seeing the offer through my eyes. One. Two is so when's your next presentation? It's in seven weeks' time. Yeah. Right. We can accomplish that in that time frame. So the time frame that you suggest has to be realistic. Like you can't say, oh, well, you'll just wake up tomorrow and that be that size because mm. I'd just go, well, that's not possible. Mm. So the time frame, the level of realism has mm. to play a, a, a huge component in your offer. Then the next part is how long is it going to take? Well, okay, how long? How long? When can I expect that buy? going back to my over-50s pitches. You know, mm-hmm. by day 21, you'll be looking at your bank account and it will have increased because you've made your first sales. So we've reduced that per- perceived time frame into something acceptable in the potential client's mind of an outcome, not mm. the total outcome, an outcome. So time frame. And the last bit is their level of contribution. Like what mm-hmm. do they need
0: to do right.
1: to get that? So, what yeah. we want to try and do is, with the greatest of clarity, describe the end goal and underscore it as best we can with as much realism as possible, so mm-hmm. social proof, blah 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 blah. So really augment those two things, yeah, and at best, try and reduce the time frame of some accomplishment to the shortest period of time yeah. and minimizing the amount of you know, commitment contribution that this person needs to make.
0: I like that. And one thing to note there um, for the, the first pillar with the outcome, right. It it ideally you want to make it measurable, right? So instead of just like, so not measurable would be like, you know, losing 30 pounds or it could be get X amount of clients or to get X amount of revenue or to get us to a certain amount of dates, Right. Try and make the goal like a number of some type, because then you can put a. Then we know what a measurable goal is, right? Then you can put a time frame on it. It's always harder to sell these like ambiguous kind of outcomes that don't really like. So for example, I've got a client that I'm helping with. She signed up. Um, speaking of like <laughs> the last pillar, which is like you know what level of commitment, right? That's why done for you offers are really so valuable because they don't really have to commit much. But anyway, this client, this she um, she's in finance, similar to you. She's a financial advisor for women. And her program that she wants to sell the outcome is like, I will help you become financially confident. Like, what, what does that even mean? Like, how do you, how do you know when they become financially confident, right? So that's what we're having these conversations about in terms of like, what's a more specific measurable goal that you, we can actually have for your program um, because once you have that measurable goal, it it it, it um makes your offer much more powerful. Would you agree with that?
1: Uh, totally. <clears throat> the difficulty with people who deal with numbers is that that's where the majority of their thought patterns are domiciled. Mm. You know, so financially comfortable does mean something to them, but it doesn't to the listener. You know, it, it does, does seem right. to be measurable. It does mean to... you know. So yeah. so, but yeah. the other thing is there's an in-between bit that still is the measurable attribute. It's like going back to my scenario, imagine if a weight loss coach said to me, so given that you see that there's this mismatch between a quality message that you're presenting and you look like you're carrying 30 pounds more than you have, and there's a mismatch. Mm. At the end of your presentation, what do you want people to do? And so I might go, well, I want them to buy my course, right? Mm. And creating a measurable would be, okay, so how much more effective would your message be if there was this, you know, um, you looking healthy, fit, etc. Mm. how much would your believability grow by? And what would that translate to into a differential between the number mm. of courses you might sell now and the future? Is it 10%? Is it 20%? So you can get your measure there too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. And the, the power of that is you let them tell you in their own words. That's right. right? Um, and then they can't. What's um, Robert Cialdini says? Like the most powerful form of persuasion is the um, the consistency bias. So they speak whatever it is, and then you hold them to to that. To right. Them. So if they say, "Oh, that'd be worth an extra ten percent in sales," then you come back to that at the end of the, at end of the um, sales call. You know, you hold you kind of you using their language then. Uh, and all, not using it against them, but kind of yeah, using it to keep them accountable. If that makes That's
1: sense. right. And, and yeah. in the reverse, if they answer, well, I don't know, mm. I'd go, well, why do you want to go through all the trouble of losing weight? Yeah. Just come back to
0: it again. Do you know Yeah, ask I mean? a question. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I ask on my sales calls, like when someone says, like, you know, um, like it was actually last week, a guy that signed up as well for a done for you offer he, he's like, yeah, I could um, do this, this, and this, try and fix it. I was like, well, why I asked him like, why even, why are we having this conversation basically as well? I said like, why even come to me for help? And he's like, Oh, because with you, I know I could get it done a lot faster. So the point is you can ask very like direct questions like that. Like, well, why even invest with me? Or why even are we having this conversation? If you can do this, if you can just keep kind of doing what you're doing and know that you'll get there and they will tell you the reason why they really, you know, they can't actually get there without your help or whatever it is that you're asking them about so yeah i think that's a great sales yeah, again you don't need think... to do it they'll tell they'll, they'll overcome those objections for you just with your questions 100%. that you ask
1: but i think you yeah. need to be directing your i mean not and, and be mindful of your tonality of course mm, but mm. be directing your questioning like mm. hey you are the expert so you actually have the uh podium to throw those questions at them you know uh, yep. so so, yes, I think it's always important to call people on. You know, what, another, another one, especially in sales calls, I think that a lot of coaches and consultants don't do, is the start, the start of a call. And, and, and I encourage people to do, to do this at the start of call. You know, hey, Luke, there are so many things that you could be doing today. You could be riding a motorbike. It's nice and sunny. You could be playing with your kids. You could be working. You could be making mm. money. You could be sleeping. I have one question for you, Luke. Tell me, why did you actually show up?
0: Mm.
1: Now, that's a much better question of why did you book your appointment? Why did you Yeah. Tell me yeah. what prompted you to show up?
0: Do you, you ask know. that like you to do you ask that in the middle of the call though? Oh, First start, right
1: question at the beginning number one.
0: Why yeah. did you because you
1: because I'll say to you, hey Luke, you had every opportunity to cancel, not turn yep. up. That's what happens. Life could have got busy, yep. your kid could be sick. I really want you to answer me. Why did you show up?
0: Mm. Mm.
1: And and that is the f- best question to, f- to get to the fundamental reason of the, of the what that problem is in the shortest possible time, that one question. Why yeah, do you say, why do
0: you, do you say, because, again, language is important, do you say, why did you show up, or why did you really show up with that tonality? Just, why
1: did you show up when did you, when you up? didn't have to? Okay. And just, I, I'd be very quiet at the end of the, why did you show up? Yeah. And, you know, often you'll get something like, well, I saw your ad and blah, 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 you know, and and thought it was a good offer. And I often, like I'd be sometimes a little bit playful and I say, before I put my ad out there, I showed it to my wife and she thought it was a pretty good ad and gave me the seal of approval too. But let's get back to the question, why did you show up? Do you know what I mean? So I I keep coming back to that because we need to know that. We need to know why did this person make the decision out of anything else you could do. In
0: their, in their words too. In like, their words. Yeah, because the offer for my ad is like, you know, I'll help you book appointments, right? Yeah. So I could just say that, like, I could say, well, did you shop because you wanted more appointments? But obviously that's not as powerful as if you ask the question and get them to tell you in their, in their own words and then Look, they own the problem.
1: A lot of people when they're asking questions do this and this is another trap for young players where you'll go, hey, why did you show up? Did you show up because this, this? Don't give them multiple choice. Just ask Mm. the question Mm. and Mm. shut up, you know? Let them talk. Let them talk because I want them to use their mind. I want them because a lot of people who want coaching or direction have never spent the time to actually put the correct wordings around what it is that they want solved mm. Mm. and it's important that they do that because if you help someone to do that and they tell you they feel listened to yeah yeah you know so it's not a technique of sales it's actually a technique of connection mm. but why did you show up today oh well because i saw your ad yeah but that's the ad but you could have done a million other things. Why did you actually turn, click the button and turn up on this call? Yeah. Well, I want that. Right. Tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. Why is that important? Do you know, and and so that question is the starting point for every other question. Yeah. And then the other tail end of that question is, so I just want to know, why do you want that outcome so badly? Is mm. another key question, like and I use those words so badly.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: And what makes you think that you'll succeed this time where in the past you haven't? And then they'll give you because I'm sick of this. Enough's enough of that. Do you know? Yeah. So that questioning technique, which is total investment in them, that doesn't require you to talk even for a minute on what you do. Mm is the one thing that you should be doing and the customer will sell themselves. Yeah. As you, as you said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it. All right, Mark, one last question. If you were standing at the top of a mountain and you got all these coaches below you and you could just shout one thing at the top of that mountain to help them become more successful, what would that be? You can't think and do at the same time. Expand on that.
1: So, a lot of coaches spend a lot of time thinking, <laughs> I wonder if I'll do this. What if I was to do that? Da, 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 da. And it means they never do anything because you can't think and do at the same time. Yep. And so, doing is more important than thinking because. We all try and play God or whoever with a crystal ball and try and anticipate, oh well, if I put this in my ad, if I make my landing page look like this, if I say that, we could well, the only proof of that is ever is only ever going to come by doing it, so go and do it, stop thinking, doing is more important, so that's what I would yell out and say,
0: yeah, love it, love it all right thanks, Mark um. It's been a great interview, actually. We go longer than the 30 minutes that we usually go. So uh, that show tells you anything. It was a, a great discussion. Um, so where can uh coaches or others listening in go to learn more about what it is that you do? Well, you can reach out to me if you want to at mark at
1: mortgage sales mastery all one word .com.au. That's the best place to go. Um and if, you, if you're interested in, in asking something, I'm more than happy to, to respond in kind to any question
0: that you have. Thanks, Mark. Thanks again for giving up your time being on the Six Figure Coaches Show. And if you want to um, be promoted on the show as well to have your story shared, all you have to do is go to podcast.com lukecharlton.com and you can apply through that link. And I'll come on and, and I'll interview you to all the coaches listening in and my, my community. So um, Mark, again, once again, thank you for coming on been an amazing discussion. So many gold nuggets in this conversation. And look, look forward to we'll do this again sometime in the future. Absolutely. Okay, look forward Luke, can I say this to you just before I go?
1: Oh. I often say no to these things yep there is one person who i genuinely can attribute a lot of my success to and that's you but not just you your patience your desire to teach your desire to share your desire to share in my ambitions at the time was Mm -hmm. you know absolutely fabulous so uh you know all kudos to you and you know if these podcasts bring you more business or if someone's sitting on the fence should i use this guy with the beard um,
0: <laughs> i would definitely I really have a shade, but i yeah thanks mate i really appreciate that i'll slip you that 20 uh, at the end of the chat. <laughs> i thought we said 50 <laughs> no, no. Okay, good to talk to you. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. See you then. Cheers.